0: I originally hated Facebook advertising because it's interruption marketing and it's just not the place for it. Yes, there are people who can make it work, but it is at the heart and soul of it. And I've never liked it for that reason. This
1: is the e-commerce leader, a show for you, the owner of a thriving online business. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects, fresh from our expert panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself, Let's jump in. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? EVA predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. EVA serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash EVA. That's amazingfba.com
0: forward slash EVA. Let's jump into it today. Somebody want to lead off with their most loved ad platform or just give us the one that you focus on the most. Kyle, feel free to lead off with one. I know you're always in Amazon. You want to yeah, talk about that I one mean, first?
2: Yeah, for sure. The platform, ad platform that I love the most is the platform that makes me the most money. <laughs> just <laughs> to clarify, I think when it comes to how you rank these and, and where you find them to be the most interesting, you have to lean into whatever platform you are having success in. For sure, I think Amazon's come a long ways in their advertising platform, and I think they're going to continue to push into it. They've added it as like a third major revenue stream. Advertising is highly profitable. They saw what Google and Facebook were doing, and were like, hey, we have a lot of traffic. We should make some money with this, and they have billions and billions worth. So they've continued to invest into capacity for it. And I think too, just as, as a top level, where should you think about advertising platforms and where you should spend your time and really, really depends on what you're after in the market as well. So the nice thing about Amazon is that it is a, you're advertising for obviously for products, but you're advertising for people that are actively searching for those products Ready. To potentially buy those products, which is a vastly different advertising than, say, TikTok, which would be not necessarily people going on TikTok looking for things to buy. So you're moving closer to the actual purchaser. And so for those reasons, I love Amazon as a platform, and uh, would encourage you if you have physical products and you're selling on that platform to to spend more time and energy exploring all the new features and stuff that they do have.
0: Yeah. Uh, other thoughts on Amazon? It's a 800-pound gorilla for e-commerce marketers. Chris or, or Michael, what are your thoughts? And I have a few ideas as well for Amazon.
1: I've got a bit of feedback from the, the sort of frontline, if you like, <laughs> wrong phrase in this current time, from one of my clients. Quite a few of the guys I'm working with are finding the ad cost as a percentage of their sales really going up. So the tax cost or total advertising sales or advertising to sales ratio, whatever name you give it. And it's an interesting point that brings up a slightly more meta question, which is how do you compare not even just ad platforms but ad and platform management because one of the two of the guys are, are looking into outsourcing or have used outsourcing uh, so PPC agencies in the Amazon ad space so I don't want to go completely off topic one of the questions is how do you assess the effectiveness of Amazon ads or Google ads or your agency or doing it yourself and it's really difficult because year on year comparisons right now are really crazy because the macroeconomic factors are so all over the place, right? One year we've got a pandemic, the next year we've got a, a war affecting lots of different factors. So that's one it's more raises more questions than answers, really. But I think one of the conclusions we came to this ten percent advertising sales ratio that's traditionally, you know, being seen as well run, advertising might be eating more towards fifteen percent in Amazon. So I almost leave that as a discussion point, but that's what I'm seeing uh, in the Amazon ad space. It's quite tricky to know how to handle it, but it's certainly edging up.
0: Yeah. Love it. Okay. Chris, what are your thoughts on Amazon decade long user or more? I don't even know when you started AMS stuff, but what are your thoughts?
3: Multi decades on Amazon. I've never been a big spender or really exploring the Amazon, like the paid ad side. So either of Amazon or Facebook or any of the social media sites and as we're like kind of starting to break this down, I'm writing down all these notes about, I see a lot of people thinking ads are just gonna be magic. Like if I just have the right ad, I'm gonna make a ton of money. And I'm like, "Eh, maybe if you have a poor product page, or depending what your offer is like where they are in the buying cycle if they're on amazon looking to buy if they're on facebook looking to escape like it's complicated this is a huge topic and it depends what you want it depends what you're trying to do with this ad and it depends if you're selling commodities and widgets or if you're selling something that you personally really love and have a lot of interest in and you're looking to build a community around it and then maybe you're gonna sell the product down the road so it really depends what someone who's like someone's listening to this podcast what do you want to do are you just trying to get more traffic to an amazon page Is that page optimized or they're going to get there and they'll be like, no, this isn't what I want. Where you're spreading your ad keywords so broad that you're not getting the right customers who are coming to your page. And it's, it's complicated. So I think people need to step back first and be like, okay, what am I trying to, and where am I trying to send this traffic that I'm basically going to buy? And you know, where are they in the buying process? And it's, there's so much, we almost need to make like a decision tree to help people with this. because It's complicated because the worst thing you want to do, and this is what keeps me away a little bit from so spending money on ads is what if you're spending money and it's not working? And you're just literally throwing money away and if you don't have a big ad budget you're like oh my gosh what am i doing here uh which not on purpose but kind of by accident when i kind of got into this game i, I didn't really coin this term but I, I i call it education marketing and that's what i did with fba power and scan power and merch by amazon and all these things i would create communities and i would join other communities and i would just talk about and share information about the business of reselling and then if they want to get into FBA power and scam power, that was one thing that took time instead of money. Not I could just throw money at it and try to run ads and get people to come to a, a site and download a product. It's two different models. I think the model that I was doing, while well, it took more time, definitely worked better in terms of building brand and all of those things. So it's it's a complicated topic. I'm not the, the one to really ask about like how to set up perfect ads and optimize your ad spend and all of that stuff. So I'm glad you guys are here for that. But the Kindle ad promotions, I'm really close just taking a whole chunk of money and sitting down. Heads down for a week and saying, I'm gonna figure this out because being able to create Kindle products and, yeah. and print on demand books where now I can run ads at an ASIN level, an ASIN level? I can advertise on one single ASIN if I want to through KDP. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great way to launch my book in a very specific niche, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all sitting right there and yeah, I gotta spend some time with it because I want to learn it myself and then you know teach it to anybody else who's interested.
0: Yeah, so I'm surprised you don't do. You don't do Kindle ads. I don't. Oh, but then, also, okay. I'm like
3: you know, yeah. the number one destination, first of the market. A lot of my books, yeah. so like, I get yeah. a lot of that first mover advantage. But yeah. I would definitely benefit from you know, learning some of the stuff that I'm sure you can teach.
0: Yeah, no, I love, I, I love the. the I always call it AMS, but Amazon's you know advertising platform for Kindle. Books and, and paperback books. It is a it is a very simple path to additional incremental sales. And it's so easy to look to see are your keywords performing? Is it operating successfully for you? Test it out, clip them off if they're not working, but then double down on the stuff that is. And honestly, I've been doing that for a decade now. I'm shocked that you don't do that, dude. You've so much more incremental sales. I can so do everything, let's man. Collaborate on that because <laughs> I. I'm passionate about it. In fact, I was doing a a DIY job on it for a while and just recently, VA in essence, to manage it for me. And they're now also managing all of the free book promotional activities. You can do countdown deals. You can do your free days on Kindle books. All of those things, if you're an author and you don't take advantage of, it's free marketing strategies that Amazon's baked into the system that aren't just paid ads they're more promotional nature. And uh, those are frequently not used. And I'm doubling down this year on using all those and making sure every slot for every book is always used. And so it's a unique wrinkle for authors on the Amazon system, but it's a uh, fantastic. And I owe a lot of my success, I think, on, on my book projects to, to the Amazon ad platform. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Top of mind for me after Amazon is Google. Google ads. I've loved Google ads for our charity and for our business for a long time. I'll lead off on this one. Uh, I, I have just a, a weird wrinkle. Most people don't, which is for our charity that we set up in 2010, we applied for and got a Google ad grant from the Google foundation. And so sp- started spending, the initial grant level was $10,000 a month of, of free ads. And now we're on the $40,000 dollar a month level which is a crazy town uh, in terms of amount of money to spend but they give it to us for free. There you go. That's one aspect of it and I've just always loved the simple text ads. And Kyle to your point earlier where you said on TikTok or on Instagram people aren't looking to buy something but on Amazon on Google Uh, They frequently are as well. And the ads can be super targeted straight to fulfilling the need of someone who's searching for a specific product or interest. That's why I love Google text ads. I've never had much success with the display ads on Google. I'm so interested in anybody's thoughts or ideas on those, but I'll open it up to the group. Anybody else passionate about Google ad platform and loving it for your business? I love Google. I think Google's just gotten better and better over time.
2: And uh, one of the things that's super interesting about Google is that in the past, it was very keyword focused, right? You punch up your list of keywords and you stick that in the algorithm and then it optimizes and you make sales off those keywords. What they've done over the last few years is their algorithm started to optimize more for uh, for audiences and so those algorithms starting to optimize for audiences so if you're not utilizing the audiences that are in the back end of Google's platform you're actually missing out on a lot of the optimization and yeah you got to set it up and there's some work involved with it but once you start getting data through it it really begins to optimize your campaigns more effectively than it has before. So it's it's interesting because that's where Facebook made their their claim and their money was sort of around audience targeting. And Google took all that data. and It's not as I would say it's not as built out as Facebook's has been, but they layered in there nicely with the keyword data, and they've really done a good job of maintaining their market dominance
0: as the ad plan of choice. Yeah, I totally agree, guys. Other thoughts? Google AdWords. Chris, Michael, any thoughts? No, Chris is out it goes, on that
3: one. It goes right over my head. I've I've run. They sent like the hundred dollar coupon in the mail, kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll figure this out, and I never figure it out. And yeah, I can't do everything, kind of thing. But it's yeah, 100%. there are opportunities. What I'm thinking is there's opportunities everywhere. There's too many. There is. Which I don't want people yeah. to be overwhelmed. And be like, I gotta do yeah. Facebook ads and I gotta learn TikTok. And I heard about Google. Mm-hmm. And Kyle said this and Jason said this. And Michael said this. Stop. Overwhelmed. Sit down. Where are your yeah. customers? Where are the majority yeah. mm-hmm. of your customers? What's the one platform that makes the most sense? Start there. And yeah. if you feel comfortable, expand from there. Because if you try to do all of them, you're going to-, I want to say this. I want to circle back to what you had asked
2: or made a comment about earlier, which was how do you define what's a good campaign? What is profitability? And I would say this back in, in school when you were like math, I hate math. And what is, what, how, when am I ever going to use this? You're going to use math when it comes to defining what your, how great campaigns are going to look like for your business. And what I mean by that is it all starts at the math of the product and the funnel level that you're working on like you have to have good foundational product level metrics meaning you have profitability and you have margin and you have average order value where people are spending more buying your products either on amazon or on your website Or through a funnel, than what you are paying to acquire them. That is the essence of the math that you need to understand. And if you can get, if you understand what those numbers are, you can pretty quickly understand whether or not that your campaigns are working or not because you attach real numbers and you begin to know. And, but but let me say this sometimes that doing that is not that. Okay.
0: (laughs) Kyle's now in full teach mode, which is awesome. I was like, I Uh, I want to talk about it because now we will break down. We will break down the method math for ads. No, okay. Let's keep going on the platforms because, to your point, we could do a whole podcast episode on uh, for the sure. math behind ads and whether they work or not. Michael, what are your thoughts on Google? Any yeah,
1: so just to echo what Kyle was saying, I was going to say this earlier. Actually, I'm glad you voiced my thoughts, Kyle. Really, the more complex these platforms get, to Chris's point, you need to pick your fights or decide not to enter that arena. So, you built a, some very significant you know, seven-figure brands with uh, more of a community building focus than ads. The interesting thing is when you try to compare something like, say, SEO with ads and the attribution of the, the money and effort you spend and how to value your own time is another thing again but even if you're paying for it, it it's hard to figure that out whereas ads at least have the advantage of being more obvious to deal with and i had this discussion the other day with a, a client of mine he's doing very well with google shopping ads as his primary driver of um, traffic as he's getting better at seo he's getting more seo but they're going in for very high level traffic into his site and then we're having to split it out into basically do lead capture at a fairly high, you know, level of the funnel. Like they're looking for what is X product? What is this thing? Very generic sort of queries and then gradually take them through an email marketing process. So that's um, a more complex business than ads where it's more direct and it's working for him. But to your point, Kyle, it's working for him because the economics of his business such that the average order value is about 300 or $400. That's not typical in e-commerce. So that's helped him a lot. So that's a decision he made that I think was a very smart one because it's enabled him in a lot of ways to simplify his business model. The other thing I would say is really, I've seen somebody recently, I worked with somebody who had outsourced that advertising to an agency. And this is a guy who's doing 2 million bucks a year. American guy with a spread of about 17, 20 SKUs or something. So not a beginner. And they ran his ads at a bit of a loss. And I talked to him about, he came to talk through with me what was going on and how to fix it. And I said, basically... Your job, and I think to your point, Kyle, is to really manage the economics of it. It doesn't matter whether you're doing it or an agency is doing it, it the maths must make sense. The advertising to sales ratio is the sake of percentage. Whereas if you've got a say a 40% margin on your product pre-ads, you mustn't spend more than 10, 15, whatever, maximum 20% if you want to get, say, 20% out of the uh, the other end of it. Mm -hmm. So those are those are my experiences. I i wouldn't claim to be an advertising expert myself, but I do think that the economic management of advertising is critical, whoever you have running
2: it, yourself or
1: somebody else. Yeah,
0: for sure. Good points. Okay, let's move on to Facebook. Anybody like Facebook for advertising? Is that the one uh, we love to hate? I hate it at the moment. Yeah, love to hate it, honestly. I love to hate it. Yeah.
2: Why do you love to hate it? And then I'll share why I love it. There are a number of reasons why I love to hate it at the moment. One of it being is they have moved and moved hardcore into like algorithms that are monitoring their compliance and they're awful. So meaning here's an example, you have an ad, you, you throw it up there, you start running, it starts making a few sales and they actually will disable your entire ad account automatically through an algorithm. And then you have to go through a manual review process that takes 24 to 48 hours. And, that, and it happens again and again on the exact same account. And, and so since COVID, this has really been a problem for them. And since they haven't had as many people available for them to do all their review and compliance process, so they've tried to use an algorithm to do it. And it's executed horribly. So that's one reason. The other reason is that just they've they've lost uh, significant access to data. When iOS did their privacy updates on Apple devices, They took a hit in terms of the clarity of attribution to their data, even admittingly so saying in their earnings report saying this is probably going to cost us like $10 billion in ad sales over time. So the lack of data and then actually pulling more targeting off the platform because of the scrutiny that they're under and then also just their weird compliance issues that they have going on right now just makes it a bear to try to do anything on it.
0: Yeah, totally agree. But those aren't even the reasons I originally hated Facebook advertising. I originally hated Facebook advertising because it's interruption marketing. People Mm -hmm. are there to say happy birthday to their nephew or to wish their spouse a happy anniversary. And then you've got an advertisement for your stupid product. And it's just not the place for it. It's interruption marketing. And yes, there are people who can make it work. And yes, there are the... Shiny object sellers who say their course will teach you how to do it, but it is at the heart and soul of it interruption marketing. And I've never yeah. liked it for that reason. I'd much rather be on Amazon where somebody's looking for a rice cooker and there you are. You've got an ad for your rice cooker. Right. Um, or on Google where somebody's typing, how do you fix this or fix that? And there you are with your product or your information. So to me, those were the original concerns with Facebook. And it's only mm-hmm. gotten exacerbated by the stuff that you've mentioned, which is just yeah. the platform is honestly, it's in the it's in the the downhill slide of a a bad legacy in mm-hmm. my view. I wrote an article for McGraw Hill blog about two years ago that said, "Is Facebook the Yellow Pages of twenty years ago?" And that was true two years ago, and it's even more true now. It is just a remnant. Uh, legacy issue in our society at this point that will continue to work like Yellow Pages ads did for 20 years after it was reaching its zenith. But yeah, not a fan and seems like there's better places to uh, spend money at the same time. Full disclosure, I've got a boosted ad campaign on Facebook going right now. I, I love to hate it, but I still use it. And uh, that's just the reality of it. So Other thoughts? Uh, Dude, there's
3: there's part of Facebook that they are leaving on the table, in my opinion. I've probably been waiting, what year is it, 22? Almost 10 years for them to allow this type of advertising. Like, I'm, we're, I'm, not just me. I know tons of people are waiting to give Facebook money if they would just let us advertise to groups. Let me pick a group and run my ads to people in that group. I don't know why they're holding out on that so much. I think one of the reasons Facebook groups got so popular is because there really weren't any ads in the group newsfeed. So, people spend a lot of time in groups, and Facebook's got to know that. And they got to be like, dude, we should put some ads in here. And I'm like, yes, put some ads. Let me advertise to this group of people that are specifically interested in this topic because that's what my product addresses. And it's not there. And I've been waiting, and I keep hearing like little hints of it, and it never comes. I'm like, please just show up. I don't want to advertise to everybody who likes Russell Brunson, it's too broad. I don't want to advertise to everybody who likes this political figure. It's too broad. So learning how to narrow it down. I'm sure I'm doing something wrong and all that stuff. But I would pay so much money if I could pick a group and say, "Oh, you guys are into '69 Camaros? Perfect, because I have products that support and are for people who have '69 Camaros. It would be so easy. One click. It'd be as simple as Amazon ads. But no, Amazon, Facebook's now. Uh, we're not. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah. But I would hop back to Facebook in a heartbeat. And I would run ads to groups. I would spend so much money. It'd be so perfect. And the, the ads would be targeted and the people who see the ads would be like, "Hey, this is great. I actually love this thing. I actually have a 69 Camaro. This is amazing." So easy, but it's not there. Maybe today's the day for all we know.
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> so maybe they'll drop it. Yeah. The metaverse groups. Michael, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? Any ideas on Facebook? Um
1: uh, Yeah, just to echo uh, what Kyle was saying, and yet some kind of counter examples. I mean, Kyle, you're not wrong about the speed of uh, suspension. I don't personally really run Facebook ads. It's not a thing that I'm comfortable with. To your point, Jason, the whole concept of interruption marketing is a bit alien to me. And like you, Chris, in a heartbeat, I'm very comfortable with Facebook groups. I've run a number. I'm a member of a number, and it's a valuable resource. So I, I would definitely spend money on that. But that aside, never personally done it. But I have lots of friends who run Facebook ads, and they're constantly moaning about getting their accounts shut down for almost tiny compliance things or almost nothing compared to Amazon even, which is pretty scary they are incredibly trigger happy. The other counter example is though, that I've had people in the mastermind group who basically one guy ran an agency for one company effectively for a couple of years where they basically ran Facebook ads and collected email addresses. And they made that like absolutely crazy people that was more effective before the iOS update. I think it continued to work post iOS update just less effectively. I don't know all the ins and outs, but it was certainly extremely effective. So I don't think it's dead as a platform yet, but mm-hmm. it's certainly not something I'm personally comfortable
2: with. Let me elaborate on that too, because I think this is a, a, a critical error that we all make when we start to think about advertising. And that is we try to force our desired outcome on a platform when it's not optimized to produce that desired outcome. And what I mean by that is we say, I have a product widget and I'm going to sell this widget on Facebook. And I'm going to run direct response ads. It's going to have the picture of the product. It's going to go to my sales page and people are going to buy it. And I'm just going to make it happen. That's not really the best place to run a campaign like that. And so part of it is if you want to be on a platform, you have to make the fine-tuned adjustments to your strategy for those platforms. And for Facebook, moving up a layer of abstraction, going up to the lead level, to Michael's point is a much smarter play to going up to awareness with using video content and just building your brand awareness on the platform is a much smarter play. Because if you use video and just traffic as a whole to a landing page to your website, well, then now if you are using Google as well, you can start to remarket and retarget them, you might get their attention on Facebook, but you might actually close the deal on Google. And so
0: understanding where stuff slots in, I think is really important. Yeah, you mentioned video-based work. So let's have a bonus round here and talk about other ad platforms. Obviously, YouTube video ad driven from the Google ad platform. But we want to mention those and then other ad platforms that we actually like and, and, and want to talk about or hate and want to mention as well. So any thoughts on YouTube ads? Anybody uh, big into YouTube ads, pre-roll, whatever? Thoughts?
3: Not personally, but I know some people that, have, that are having really good success with them because you can be so mm-hmm. targeted i don't know if you can target all the way down like just i want to advertise on this channel or this mm-hmm. i'm guessing yeah. you can because then if you can yeah. find a channel you're like this this is exactly what i need and just pay for it and of course the better and more expensive the ads are
0: going to be but if you have the right product the right the market, 69 the right camaro product. videos yeah there you go mm-hmm. to your right. example That's, yeah you can do yeah. anything
3: you want but like, I, th- I just yeah. want to add one thing to what kyle was saying there is a difference and i think a lot of people forget this between advertising and marketing they are very different. I see a lot of people trying just throw money at it and say, "I'm just going to shove ads down your throat until you buy this." How much money we got? We got eight dollars margin on that product. I right, spend eight, spend seven ninety nine <laughs> on ads this person until they either buy it or we waste seven dollars and ninety nine cents, and they end up spending thirty. Yeah, instead of marketing and, and saying, hey, look, you might not be in the market for this, but this is like pretty amazing. And you got a birthday coming up, come to our website, like get our free guy, like actually putting some time and effort into it instead of just like to throw money at it until we get some sales. I, I see too many people doing that and instead of doing the long term, the harder, uh, the more complex marketing. And then if you got yeah. a, an audience, then go back and run ads to them, I would say. Uh, people forget that they're very different things. They yeah. sound the same, yeah, but they're very different.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I want to mention Etsy. I love Etsy ad platform. Etsy is a killer ad platform. It's simple. It's straightforward. It's a product specific advertising and it's just a machine you can turn on and let run. So if you're an advert, if you're a seller on Etsy or have products that could be on Etsy, just know there's an ad platform there that will work effectively. Once you invest time to set in it, it's real straightforward. And it's, I think, one of the best parts of Etsy as a marketplace. Any other platforms you guys want to mention that you love? would like to just mention Pinterest ads it's not something Mm -hmm. I personally know uh, about from experience and
1: obviously Jason is super critical for me to mention it in your presence because you're such a big Pinterest user and and success but I would say I interviewed a chap the other day he specializes in Pinterest and uh, he's really bullish on Pinterest ads and I guess it's his specialist area but he thinks they're doing some very smart things to clean up some of the the things that made it not work and that's about as as much as I can remember in specific so I mean uh, do check out the interview with a guy called Craig Lewis from Pin and Grow happy to give him a sort of shout out because I was very impressed with his very focused uh, approach, just mm-hmm. Pinterest for e-commerce, nothing else. And uh, it seemed like an underused platform and a, and a well-structured ad platform. So I think it's worth at least yeah. checking it out.
0: It yeah. is, totally agree. When it came out, documented my whole series of tests on a uh, Pinterest ad platform on my blog, MarketingOnPinterest.com, which is so old and dated. I don't want people to really go look at it, but it was associated with my book when it came out over a decade ago, I guess now, Pinterest Power. So the Pinterest ad platform is underutilized, I think. It's not top of mind for people. It's relegated for some reason in marketers' minds. And I haven't actually looked back into it after my initial sets. Bottom line, I couldn't make the math work for our set of products through the Pinterest ad platform. But maybe it's time to revisit it and because it is underutilized, I think, in the marketing suite of ad platforms. Yeah. One other thing I want to mention is there's always opportunities.
2: And usually those opportunities involve an interplay between platforms. And here's what I mean by this. Amazon has rolled out uh, for brand registered sellers, their brand referral bonus, which is essentially them saying, hey, what we're gonna do is if you send external traffic to your Amazon listing pages or to your storefront, and then a sale is made, we're actually gonna reduce the referral fee That you have to pay on those products, which is cool because typically on a standard referral fee for an Amazon seller, you're paying them 15% and that Amazon takes it off the top, but they're willing to lower that if you're driving external traffic. So if you can optimize, for example, a Google campaign for your product going to your Amazon, what that can potentially generate for you is a reduced referral fee on that sale helped to underwrite essentially your advertising cost. But then also that's producing the the network effect on Amazon. You get more conversions, you get more sales, therefore you get a little bit more organic love and plus you get positive good traffic from Google, which Amazon loves as well, to your listing pages. It's a net benefit. So there's ways you could do that. It'd be interesting to try that with Pinterest and you, it yeah. doesn't have to be Google. You could do that with Pinterest. Yeah. You could do that with YouTube ads. You could start to mix that around mm-hmm. to try to generate a halo effect to improve your organic reach on Amazon and start to drive more organic sales that way. So there's ways you piece these things together and you have to look for
0: opportunities in order to do that. Is that new? It's brand new. Bro. That is interesting because you're right. You could totally just arbitrage it out on Google text ads, for example, with like pennies yeah. on long tail keywords. Just drive it all to your Amazon account. Take the lower fee on the Amazon side and build yep. a spider web of really interesting traffic. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. And, it, and it, I think that
2: it's going to be more competitive in that space moving forward as well, because Walmart uh-huh. does the same thing, except Walmart and this is brilliant from them. Walmart actually gives you 100% of the referral fee if you drive external traffic to your listing. So Amazon's not Amazon, mm-hmm. but then there's a whole other layer on top of that as well, because the same technology that Amazon uses for that referral bonus component is the same thing that they use for their affiliate network. So all the tags are exactly the same. So meaning what could end up happening in the future, I'm not saying this is the case, but this is this the, the foundation exists for it is that you send external traffic as an amazon brand owner to your products and it makes sales but then amazon could potentially give you credit for any other sales that occur on the platform as well because it's all tied in already so if they really wanted to get competitive with walmart and
0: fight that battle for additional external traffic the groundwork is laid have you guys ever used amazon associates info and and look and done it and looked at what people buy when they follow your link, you you advertise something, then they, then you can see what they buy. It's like what in the world? It's amazing to watch, dude. That's really interesting. And to me, I, all I hear is Amazon competing with Walmart, giving us as sellers more goodies, benefits, and rewards for mm. creative marketing uh, because they have to. They're in a you know blood feud with uh, Walmart. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Talking of halo effects, I just wanted to one final mention for the broader picture of this stuff. The the guy who I had in the mastermind, he was used to <laughs> be a straight up Amazon account manager, by the way, which is he ended up morphing into different things. Um, the Facebook ads—they were spending about fifty thousand bucks a day. It was pretty serious. Going into email ads was converting and making a great profit for the direct to consumer site in and of itself. But as a sort of side effect, as I understand it, the Amazon account grew from 1 million in revenue a month to 2 million, more or less as a result of that. And I wonder if what was happening there was a sort of halo effect because Amazon loves the external traffic. and People were looking for the brand. They were probably Googling it, ending up on Amazon because Amazon is a great place to end up at the top of the Google results. So it's interesting how yeah. these
2: network effects happen. Quite complex. They, like they to try do.
1: And engineer it, I think.
2: For sure. It's important to keep in mind as well that understand the consumer behavior with that. right? I think it's just north of 50 percent. It could be a little bit higher than that now of product related searches start on Amazon, not Google. And so people see products on Facebook and TikTok and even might even see it on Google before they buy it. They're going to go look for it on Amazon. So having a strong presence for your brand on Amazon is a defensive position. Even if you don't really want to maximize it from a monetary position, people are searching for your products, searching for products uh, on Amazon. And so you will get halo effect. And it goes both ways as well. As your brand grows on Amazon, if you have a Shopify store, you're going to get
0: spillover brand organic traffic to your Shopify store as well. Yeah, totally. One of the reasons that happens is because of the echo chamber of publishing online. If you advertise a lot and if you get rank, but just visibility, there's bo- a whole blogosphere out there that'll do mm-hmm. listicles. Hey, sure. this is the top 10 products for this category, that category. All of that saturates your you know, backlinks yeah. and your traffic generation into your products. And it's a ricochet or a halo effect to your Phrase Michael yeah. of uh, advertising, yeah, and
2: and Very it's powerful. built on that affiliate. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, all of those blogs and big sites. Guess what? Mm-hmm. It's those top ranked products that are the ones that are always the ones that they pick because those are the ones they know have high sales volume and they're going to make yeah. money on the adver- on the on the advertising side and the affiliate side. So,
0: yeah, Amazon's not done with the affiliate program. Even Oprah's favorite things now runs through. Just it's an Amazon it, affiliate store. Yeah. <laughs> what
2: in the world? It's interesting. It, it's not an advertising platform per se, but it is an advertising methodology on Amazon. They mm-hmm. have the editorials now, right? Where you have, mm-hmm. it, this is selected by, and it's really people that are in Amazon's influencer program, and they're just pulling data feeds from their blog and website. And Amazon then posts it, and you have products that are sort of picked
0: by thing. And they've done that for authors forever. Authors have always had their RSS feeds available to their author pages. And now they're extending it to influencers and extending live videos to influencers and brand owners too, which isn't, to your point, paid advertising. It's earned advertising on the Amazon network, which is really a whole different podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a whole different topic. But you basically sweat equity your way into advertising on Amazon with those uh, resources and efforts. Yeah. Wow, guys, what a conversation. We haven't talked about TikTok advertising. I don't know that we need to today. Maybe we'll circle back sometime when somebody has a a passion for that one. But appreciate the chance to pick your brain on ad platforms and understanding how best to go after these. Sounds like we have some mutual respect and appreciation for Amazon, at least. Google as well. But We didn't talk about advertising on Walmart, which we have some clients that are crushing it on Uh, Walmart with advertising and so there's so many opportunities final thoughts around the table then we'll wrap it up
3: the one thing we didn't talk about and i don't know if it's a great topic for next week is influencer marketing in the sense of, I look at that Facebook group that I can't advertise to, and I'm like, I'm gonna find a way to do it. So I'm gonna find that admin, and I'm gonna say, hey, what can we do? Can I straight up pay you? Can we do some kind of affiliate relationship? The same thing on Facebook, like just in the feed, where you're talking about it's interruption marketing and like no one wants to be interrupted. Well, you can find an influencer to where they're gonna promote your product or reference or mention your product instead of just promote and, and push it uh, through an ad. And you gotta get a little creative sometimes. I mean, you could do a whole show uh, about creative influencer marketing i don't know if, yeah. i don't know if you guys want to think about that as a like kind of an offshoot of just straight regular advertising which may or not be working
0: yeah
1: well
2: Let's and then you can layer right. you can layer it together like one thing i'm testing right now on tiktok is influencers creating content and then layering tiktok ads on top of it to drive mm-hmm. traffic to amazon so i'm testing it right now so i'll be able to give you a case study of how how effective it will be here hopefully in the next uh, month or so and it's
0: layering stuff together Awesome. It's interesting to hear. I think that all of us have some TikTok strategies percolating. And I think we're probably all working to figure out how to best approach it conversationally and educationally. But um, there's really interesting stuff happening there for sure. Yeah. Michael, final thought or Kyle, final thought?
1: yeah just a simple one which is just not overlooking the boring old thing of as as kyle was saying not to lose that know your numbers i I think uh in the end paid advertising is more of a direct maths game or math as you call it over that side of the pond I, i think all businesses obviously but with advertising the upside is it's more easily attributed it's not an easy game but it's easier to attribute your sales to particular advertising and you can see the money in money out equation more easily and more clearly with paid ads than other forms of marketing to your point chris there is a difference to marketing and advertising that said it will go out of the gate much faster if you don't know what you're doing so i think you owe it to yourself to really know your numbers and don't obsess so much about the details of an ad platform that you lose sight of whether it's making you a return or a loss which is somehow weirdly easy to do mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. agree yeah Kyle, go ahead go ahead
2: my final thought is advertising is an accelerant it's either, it's going to accelerate your bad outcome or it's going to accelerate the good foundation of stuff that you have. Meaning if you have bad math a product that only doesn't have enough margin or your funnel isn't cooked or your product page is sloppy and you spend money on it, you're going to lose money on it uh, because it's going to accelerate what's there. Conversely, if you have all that stuff dialed in, you have a good product market fit, your messaging is on point. The product is something that that your target audience wants. You acc- you add advertising to it. You're going to accelerate to a point uh, of, of growth. And so just making sure the fundamentals are there in, in your business before you really push hard into advertising, I would say is key. And I also think you have to be curious with when if you're going to be in advertising, you're going to have to be testing and you have to be okay with testing new things, be willing to pivot quickly because these platforms change and, and then lean into the stuff that's working. So I started off saying my favorite ad platform is the one that's making me money. And they're not going to consistently be the same over time. Like Facebook could, a couple of years ago, Facebook was crushing it. Well, not so much anymore. So now who's going to take the lead in your business? And you have to be able to make those decisions effectively.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. My final thought is, I think you guys have spoken into this throughout the conversation, but my final thought is, if you're going to get into advertising, treat yourself to a serious and meaningful stoppage of any ad spend about every three to six months for a week or you know so and just see what happens test at the meta level at the high level is your ad system really serving you incredibly well because it is one of the largest line item expenses in any uh, business and making sure that you halt and see if it's responding is one of the best suggestions I can give to people we did this in our business once and we Looked back and realized that we had spent about $90,000 the prior year that honestly didn't do us any good. And it didn't hurt us when we stopped, except for the fact that we had $90,000 that we didn't spend in advertising. And you want to think through these things and and approach it like that. And then really build a system that adapts itself to all platforms or to multiple platforms and never get cooked into just one platform. Scaling on one, like, like a one-legged stool is a very scary place to be. Uh, It's not safe. And so you you just don't want to do that. You want to think through, how do I use multiple ad platforms if I'm going to do it and get success that way? Okay, I'm going to wrap it there. Guys, as always, it's an honor. This was a great conversation and appreciate your wisdom and insight in the show. If you're watching this on the call app with us right now, uh, thank you so much. If you're checking it out on The E-Commerce Leader, then we'd love to have you like that on Spotify, if that's where you listen to it, or on podcast uh, tool, whatever it's called now, and support the show in that way with a, or a review, and we'd really appreciate that. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. That was the e-commerce leader
1: podcast with Michael Vizi in London, England, and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.